we're going to be in 1 John, if, some, if you'll turn to 1 John 3. Um, if you've not been in here, you just showed up tonight. Um, I'm, I really am trying to do this where you can come in and just immediately connect with what we're doing. So it's not like, uh, don't ask somebody if you missed anything and they say no, that's not good. <laughs> but it's not like, uh, you know, anyway. I just want you to know I'm conscious of that. Um, <clears throat> so we're gonna we're gonna pray in a moment. We'll do a few things here on this depressing symbol, vital signs, and then uh, we'll get going. Okay. I know it's Wednesday night. Wednesday night we are doing good to be here. I get that. And as I've told you before, if you close your eyes, I'm assuming you're praying for a little while. No worries. So thank you for being here. Um, we'll be in 1 John. Uh, and he, uh, where is Barry? He left. Maybe he's recruiting people. He left. I'm supposed to mention... Say, mention, say an announcement that Barry wants me to make. And if he shows up again, it'll be easier to remember this. So, Barry Mitchell, anyway, he'll be back maybe. Uh, let's pray for a moment. Lord, we're thankful for uh, this evening. Uh, as Jay mentioned, it's thankful. we're thankful to be in a warm place. And uh, we don't take that for granted. Uh, we ask you to be with uh, people in our class who wrestle with illnesses uh, for Alan and Nancy Black as they make their way to uh, Maryland uh, for uh, uh, his surgery, and uh, we pray for them and all of that. And David Jackson and others, Father, who we're concerned about, uh, and you know all the names and the situations. Um, I would like to pray, Lord, that in some way what we do tonight would matter, would make a difference, uh, would be encouraging. And uh, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, let's get the serious part behind us first, and that would be the cartoons. If you've not been in here before and you don't find a number of these funny, that's, you know, that's the way it is. Some of these are only worth just kind of a chuckle, and that's doing good with a few of these. Some of them are worth kind of a smile, like, where'd you get that? And then every once in a while, you'll hear, you'll hear an actual laughter in here. So uh, it, it's up to you. There are 10 of these, 10 of these each week. And hopefully these are not the same that I showed you last week. No, they're not. All right. Number one, it was getting harder to be optimistic about open discussion at church business meetings. So apparently you, they were dividing the seating into in-favor seating and opposed seating. If you ever been to any of these, you, that may be a little funnier. Uh, otherwise, I think I'll move on. Um, how about this one? Some guy shaking his hand with the preacher. I felt like you were preaching right at me this morning, especially after you pointed and said my name the third time. <laughs> so if I were to keep saying Ty Miller, Ty Miller, Ty Miller, you would know whatever in here is directed at him. Uh, let's go to the next one. Oh, look here. Uh, next Sunday, 
Oh, this looks like the family's talking. Next Sunday, if an usher asks if you would like a free upgrade to first class, say no. Looks like they put him on the front seat. All right. What fills up first in the churches? Yeah, yeah. Um, looks like some sort of meeting. Eugene, you shared the same prayer request for 47 years. Now, either forget about it or buy yourself a pony. Okay, yeah. Then he returned to his disciples and found them texting. Can you not keep watch for one hour without texting? Maybe that's not the way that went. Um, this looks like the security room, okay, and the shepherd watching the sheep, okay? Maybe that didn't go like that either. Um, looks like another meeting. I'd like a show of hands from those willing to borrow money to replace the church roof. This I find pretty interesting. You see over on the right, the old boy where it's raining, all right, and it's raining all over him. Um, we're pretty much for what affects us directly. Uh, that's interesting. We're wrapping this up. Why is it that a congregation that is still bitter about a 42-year-old misunderstanding can't remember last week's sermon topic? Ooh. Well, that's not us. Um, look, look, look at the next one. Uh, looks like they brought their signs. Prove it in no way. I heard this church is a safe place to express doubts. Brought his own sign. And then we've got the Ikea pulpit. And a word of thanks to all those who helped yesterday. Looks like they had a Saturday project, put together a new pulpit from Ikea. And that's it. All right. Well, you say, why'd you show those? I don't know. Just, I, it's Wednesday night. It takes me a moment to kind of do this. Does everybody have a handout? Uh, we've got plenty. If you'll hold your hands up. If you, uh, okay, great. Um, Taylor, you could help if you would. Uh, Taylor's got handouts now. Anybody need a handout over here? Okay, we got some over here. Anybody need a handout over here? Would you, uh, we've got several, okay. And they're still free tonight. First John chapter three, we're at chapter three. In verse 11, first John three and 11, okay. So, um, here's the deal. <clears throat> We're getting ready to start a brand new year. I mean, like, it's coming up quick. You know how many, who's our, who, who keeps our numbers in here? You know how many days away we are from the first? I hear murmuring, but not, I can't understand you. What, what, I mean, mumbling, but I can't understand you. Huh? Are there 20 days? I don't know. Okay, how many days till the first? 20. It's been taken care of here. 20 days to, well, that's not very far. And so when the first comes, we, we, we kind of, you know, new year, new day, new month, new week. And it's just kind of a sense of, you know, there's this sense of kind of starting new. And Kind of what we don't want to do is just kind of do the same old thing, you know, just kind of be the same old ways, just the way I am. No. We're, we've been uh, created by God in Christ, and so uh, 
man, we, we are not in the business of just doing, you know, same old me. I'm, I, I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to be a better man, woman. I want to be a better uh, husband, uh, wife. I want to be a better uh, father, mother. Does that make sense? I'd like to be a better friend, whatever that means, okay? So um, we're going to be in here for a few minutes. I'm, I'm going to watch the clock. Uh, be here for a few minutes, and what would be nice is if there was just some little nugget in here that might be helpful as you kind of carry that into a new year. Does that make sense? Don't want to come on Wednesday night for me just to go wah, 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 wah. That, that, we don't want to do that. I want, want something that would be helpful, okay? And so we're going to be at 1 John uh, chapter 3 and verse uh, 11. Let's go ahead and read a little bit. For this is the reason you heard from the beginning. Excuse me, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Getting a little gory here. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, his brothers were righteous, do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Don't, don't let that fool, don't let, you know, don't be kind of taken back by that if the world hates you. Because uh, we know we've passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not uh, rem love remains in death. This is verse 15. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And this is where, you know, under your breath, you want your, some of you we would be go thinking, well, of all the nerve, a murder, I just he didn't say it quite that bluntly. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his love for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and, and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? How does that work, in other words? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So any time we talk about um, this whole idea of love, it's sort of like whoever's doing all the talk, a lot of the talking, and in this case, I guess it's me. That that's got to be part one, right? Because part one is the the words and the speech. Part two is what. So what are you going to do? Uh, all right, okay. Oh, uh, let's just stop there. That's enough. Um, if you we're going to be at your notes. Uh, <laughs> that was planned, Joyce. That's planned. Um, <laughs> you know, there's got to be moments when the angels in heaven and the good Lord are just going, let's listen to them. <laughs> um, but you have another handout. I do. I could use one. Um, 
You see this handout front and back? What does that mean in here? Now see, that's why Cheryl sits in the second row. We might get through all this, we might not. What we're not gonna do is rush, and we're not gonna hurry, and, we, and I don't care about leaving things undone. I, that's fine. I would rather us come away with some kind of helpful nugget. Well, um, I gotta show you this. This is a bag I've had for a number of years. I uh, can't remember where I got it. Um, I carry this thing every day. Uh, I carry it to work, I carry it home. Uh, brought it to Memphis with me from Texas. Uh, it, I like it because it's lightweight. I can travel with it. Computer fits. Usually a, maybe a book or two, some papers. Good. I tried to get a bag a number of years ago. I was going to get a deal. So I got on, got on the, you know, checked Amazon. Well, um, looked at their bags and then went to, uh, uh, went, went to eBay went to eBay, and I saw a deal. I had the best picture, and this beautiful picture, and they, it was less expensive than most any bag I was looking at. And so, um, you know, it's not hard to do that. You just put right in, put in your credit card, and punch the button, deal's done. Well, I waited and waited and waited and waited for that thing to come. It was weeks and weeks and weeks. Finally, one day it came from India. From India. There's nothing wrong with ordering from India, but I didn't know I was. And I took it out of the box. And it looked like it had been dipped in seaweed. It was brown leather with a green tint all over the thing. I brought it home and Charlotte said, that is the ugliest looking bag. And it was okay that she said that. I was thinking the same thing. Well, I tried to send it back and they couldn't figure out where it went. And it was somebody's stall in some city and in the marketplace in, in, in India. And anyway, it just wasn't what I expected, you know, and it's my own fault, trying to, get, trying to get a deal. Well, this is a church here in John's writing too, and things, didn't, things weren't happening the way they, they expected. Um, does, does truth matter, by the way? Absolutely. Well, these folks, there were some folks in this church that were teaching that Jesus wasn't real. I mean, he was, he was you know, spiritual, but he wasn't flesh and blood and, you know, kind you could touch and all that. Uh, so John opens up the book by saying, you know, this one that we saw and heard saw with our eyes. And, and, and you can imagine that some of the implications of that because they, they took this view that uh, sin in the flesh really didn't matter all that much because it was your heart or spirit that God was mostly concerned about. Well, these people all leave. You know, I, I say they all left. Uh, evidently, the, a chunk of them left, these people teaching all this, and just kind of left this group I get the impression they're just worn out. I don't know if you've ever been in a church like that where just people just, either they've been fighting or fussing or just for, for whatever reason, everybody's just exhausted. And John writes to them to remind them of why they can be encouraged. Does anybody need that? Okay, I believe I do. Okay, there are 
several of us in here need to. And so first thing he does, he tells us a little bit about what it means to, to, to live an authentic life in Jesus. And, and he uses this expression, uh, living in the light or walking in the light. We've been talking about that. Second thing he does, though, is he says, you know, when you, when you learn what love means, um, the Jesus way, uh, boy, that's, uh, that's the real deal. And so that's kind of where we are tonight. Look at your sheet, if you would. One of the things he wants, us, uh, wants to remind us is, uh, of is, is that we don't need to be a people who are like those who miss the good life. The word he uses here is eternal life. And eternal life in John, both the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, eternal life is more than the hereafter or heaven. It is a quality of life that you experience in Christ, both now and even more fully, one day in eternity. Don't be like those who miss the good life. And then he starts out with this, uh, with this language. Uh, where is it? Verse 11. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Don't be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Remember that story, Cain and Abel? Wow, goodness, goes back to, where is that? Genesis 4, isn't it? goes back to Genesis 4 and says, I want to remind you of the story of Cain and Abel. Uh, turn there for just a minute, if you would. We won't, we won't stay there long, but maybe, maybe it's been a day or two since some of us have read this. <laughs> Cain and Abel were these, were these brothers, right? And this, these brothers, uh, this, these are the <clears throat> children of Adam and Eve. Um, we're told in verse 2, Abel kept flocks, uh, Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. The Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry and why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you don't do what's right, sin is crouching at your door. That's an interesting little image. It desires to have you, have you, but you must rule over it. And Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. Well, how nice. They're going, on a, going to work together, it looks like. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Where is Abel? Cain basically says, not my problem. I don't know where he is. Let's, let's look for just a moment um, 
you know, this is, this is pretty tough language here. Um, when you're in a church and you're with these folks all the time, and you kind of start liking them, most of them start liking them. And, and then some of them raise a ruckus, there's commotion, and they leave. And John talks about these people with some pretty tough language. Okay? Murderer. Murderer. Let's play with this for just a moment. Um, it, you know, it's interesting in the Genesis story, um, sin is crouching at the door of your heart. Uh, the Genesis story, uh, you, you, there, there, there's some anger going on with, with Cain. Um, What happens to our hearts as human beings? You know, we're, we're, we're all together here, you know? You'd, you'd kind of like to think that we're all good people, right? You know, the, the, the slang we use, they have a good heart, all of them do, you know? Really? Well, apparently some didn't here. So what happens to us? Or if you want to talk about other people, what happens to other people? What happens to other people? Is that vague enough? Probably. What happens to people that hearts become a mess? They get caught up in themselves. Sometimes other people get caught up in themselves. Okay. It's a good beginning. What else? We become accustomed to evil. We become accustomed to evil. Which just is shocking. I don't know how to say that. Yeah. Where it's where somebody does something, or you do something, or I do something, and I think, oh. But then I do it again, and again, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, I just can't imagine. Uh, I mean, it just, doesn't this seem a little strong? I mean, these folks... Okay, the teaching was a little bit off, granted, but, you know, he's, he's talking, he's comparing them to murderers. This, this guy, Cain, kills his own brother. Now, I have never been in a church yet where, where there has been a literal murder among the members. They, do, they, have, they have existed, but I've not been a part of one where there was a literal murder. But a lot of the, the language in Genesis uh, deals with what happens before you ever get to that point. What, what do you see? I, I see here in this example that, um, first of all, when he was angry, it, he hadn't sinned yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, but sin was crouching at the door. And what he needed to do was to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And we have 
lots of instruct you know yeah. instructions on what the right thing to do is. Okay, might be you know, just count your blessings, be thankful, do this, do that, and so. But what he he didn't do the right thing, and sin was crouching there, and he let sin have him. Yeah. So there is a point, you know, in your anger, don't sin. It says so. There is a point that we can turn that around. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to do what is right. Of course, with God's help and Holy Spirit. That excellent. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the language here uh, of of sin crouching at the door? Almost like a lion about to come out. Um, like a lion, Mike, about to come out. You know, th- th- this idea that a human being here, you know, God seems to be saying, you know, you're under threat. <laughs> um, you seem to be kind of cavalier about all this. You're casual about all this. You're under threat right now. Sin is crouching at the door. Most of us don't get up in the morning, drink a cup of coffee and say, you know, I think I'll just run my life today. You know, wonder how long that'll take. Most of us don't do that. Most of us don't say, you know, um, it's, it's a perfectly good, you know, Friday or whatever. I think I'll make a couple of choice decisions that will eventually just destroy my family or destroy me. You all have lived long enough. How does that typically happen instead? Not getting up in the morning and making that conscious decision, but what? It's it's a a, a series of small steps. A series of small steps. A series of small... Yes. There was this perfect opportunity there where uh, God is trying to deal with Cain. And then the next thing you know, Cain says to Abel, what? Let's go out in the field. And it's almost like, you know, God is trying to help you here. But you've got your own agenda, I guess. Now, I don't, don't, I want to leave this now. Look at uh, your notes, if you would. But I think the main thing, um, John writes these people. To, he knows they've been under threat. He knows that there's something at stake here. When we begin 2020, the new year, that just sounds weird, doesn't it? 2020. When we begin this, <clears throat> um, We're not a group of nice people trying to figure out how to get nicer. That is not who we are. We are a group of people who deal with all kind of mess. You all have, I I don't, you know, don't, don't raise your hand, but I know enough about people and uh, Charlotte and me and our family and you. We got all kinds of messes in this room. And we've got, we've got things we're dealing with in our heads. Some of it's p- personal temptations. Some of it involves our children, <clears throat> grandchildren. It, <coughs> it involves fears. We begin the new year, um, and we've got a whole lot on the table here. 
Look at the next section, if you would. Could somebody read 16 through 18? First John 3. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. Thank you, Jay. Okay, here we go. Um, so this right, he, he acknowledges, I, I know you've been through it. I know you got a lot going on. The people you've been dealing with, it's like the murderer Cain. <clears throat> now, let's talk about what you're called to be. And the first thing he does is he lays out our model, the model of Jesus. Look, let's look at this for just a moment. Uh, verse 18, you see this? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Well, that already creates some tension, you know, especially when we, you know, our way of thinking very often as consumers is, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? And he says, that's well, not exactly what happened with Jesus. He, 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 uh, he, he laid down his life. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Look at your notes, if you would. If you're living the good life, if you're experiencing eternal life, this is how we're called to live. So we look at Jesus, the model. Jesus laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Referring back to John, the Gospel of John 6.51, he gave his flesh for the life of the world. 10.11, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So three things he did. He voluntarily gave himself. This is generous giving done by Jesus, done in humility. Generous giving of himself done in humility. And he did this for our benefit. Now, he's about to tell us about the practical implications of this. But why does he do it this way? Why does he start by saying, I want to talk about Jesus himself, and then, then we'll talk about you. Why does he do that, you suppose? This is not a trick. It's just, I'm just curious what you think. He's our example. He's our example. And Jerry, were you going to say the same thing? Okay, some sense of pattering our lives. What else? This is the ultimate sacrifice. 
What else? Jesus saw a need. He took care of that need. How? If we see a need, he's saying we should take care of that need. Okay, okay, very good. Keep going. Why has he set it up this way? Matthew 25, 40 tells us why we're to do this. Okay. In as much as you do it unto one of the least of these, you've done to me. Okay. Thank you, Brother Reggie. So as, as, this is real important because as we start a new year, it's, it's real easy to forget this. And if I forget the model then I'm going to have a different motivation and I'm going to come at this differently. Some of us will come at it, it you know, well, <clears throat> I want to live a good life in 2020 because I'll make more money. I want to live a good life in 2020 because my kids are watching and I don't want them to turn out to be little reprobates. Uh, I want to live a good life in 2020 because um, we're supposed to be nice this is the most exciting class. I like this class. I really do. I was telling them last week. I don't know. I enjoy being in here so much. Uh, <clears throat> when he comes back, let's find out what went on. Uh, where, where, where are we, Charlie? Um, anyway, I don't know. But uh, it's, it's really important why we do this. Because not only, and you, you guys are exactly right, he is our example, that's exactly right. But there is a power in Jesus that I receive through his spirit that I don't have in me. Does that make any sense? There, as a Christian, in Christ, the spirit of God dwells in me and enables me to be a different kind of person. In fact, I am in Christ, and we talked about last, he is in me. That means, one, it's not all up to me. Now, I've preached, I told you this last week, I've preached too many sermons that were, you know, I look back, especially in early years, uh, that, that basically you could sum it up with, y'all need to try harder. Well, I realize in churches, there are some people that don't say, you know, you just kind of wonder, where is any effort at all? I mean, everything's a big deal or something. I, I get that, but that's not where most of you folks are. Where most folks are that I know, it's not a matter of how hard we're trying. And so he begins this with this, this model of Christ. Now, here's, here's the thing that's a little scary about this. So, um, you, ever you ever taught one of your children how to do something that you kind of wanted them to pick up? I watched my mother. My mother was a great cook. And she cooked desserts. And I wanted to learn how in the world do you do a pie? because I was about to leave home, and I thought, man, if I get away from this, where am I going to get this kind of food? And so I was probably a junior in high school, and 
I asked her one day, I said, okay, you're going to be gone. I want to try to do this. How do, I, how do I do this pie? She said, well, there's a recipe. Just follow the recipe. And then everything went pretty good, I thought, till I got the food coloring. And she had something about red food. You put a little red food coloring for looks or color or presentation or something. We didn't have any red food coloring, but we did have green. <laughs> and I was afraid not to use food, food coloring because I thought maybe that affects the taste. And I thought I just kind of did a few drops in there. And so many minutes later, I looked in the oven and this green slime was coming out of this pie. It was awful looking. When, we, when Christian folk look at Jesus, we are not auditing the class. This is not an optional deal where you can kind of go, oh, wasn't that nice? I hear what he says, but you know. I mean, if you're, if you, if you're a disciple or a follower, and you see that Jesus says something, uh, it's like mandatory. Does that make any sense? It would be like me looking at this recipe for the pie and going, no, Mom, we can do something else besides this. Um, disciples are people who have given themselves to Jesus, and so whatever he says, <clears throat> you know, so here we go. Look at the next few verses. Now, here are the implications of what he did for us. The implications for us. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? What are you here? He's just talking about Christian people now. We're not talking about uh, out in Memphis. We're not, we're, we're not talking about, we're just talking about Christian folk. If you look at a brother or sister in need and, and something is not even registering within you, what's up with that? He says. Is that, you hear that? How does that, I mean, how does that relate to what we just read about Jesus, our model, our, our example? How does that relate to that? Jesus was the ultimate one to lay down his life. Yeah. We have a hard time sometimes even doing that within our own families. Yeah. Much less within the church. Ooh, we're running out of time, aren't we? Before this gets too indicting, we'll, we'll move along. Yeah, yeah, I'm being very facetious. Yes, that's a, Charlotte's exactly right. What's, what's, our, what's one of our favorite scriptures? John 3, 16, for God, so what? Daddy, what? And so here I am, and I'm seeing my friends in need, my people I know in need, my brother and sister in need, and it there is nothing happening in me. Nothing. No, no pity. There's no, there's no, you know, just, just stone cold. Sorry, I'll pray for you. I mean, he, he's basically saying, what is up with that? You hear what he said? He's not even talking about doing anything yet. He's just saying, 
How can you be around folks in Christ and you just see that they're hurting? And that's not doing anything to your heart. Where in the world is the love of God in a human being like that? Man, you, and you just want to say, can we stop there? Well, then he takes another step and he gets, a, you know, and that, anyway, look at the next one. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech. Who's using a lot of words or speech at this moment? Right? Me. See, it could appear that I'm just a really spiritual, godly person full of the love of God. Why? Because I'm what? Using lots of words and speech. It could appear that way. It could appear that way about you, too. Doesn't he answer such, make such good comments in class? You know, well, that's good. But that in and of itself does not necessarily mean there's something going on in your life, right? I mean, I think that's what he says. Let us not love with words or speech, but what? With, with what? Doing. With doing, with actions and, 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 tr and truth, Jerry. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Yeah, This may or may not be right. I think in the context of 1 John, he's referring to who Christ is. Because that's, that's the whole issue here. And he's going to get back to that in chapter 4. Uh, that th this is, being a church is not just about lots of talk and lots of speech. It is about believing in the Lord Jesus, yes, and in, in his incarnation. And that was the issue there. You love with actions and truth because the one, remember, who, what's our, who is our model? It, is he a philosophy? No, he is who? He is a true person who we can touch, hear, see. Now, what? Look at look at your notes, if you would. Practical implications. If anyone has uh, material possessions, sees his brother and sisters in need, we got to go. Uh, how can the love of God be in that person? Sacrificial love is applied in practical terms. And for whatever it's worth, this I don't know if this is helpful or not, but let's don't waste a lot of time looking at other people and deciding if they're really... I've got enough taking care of my own self, you know? I need to be thinking about my own self. And am I a person that is practicing some sense of sacrificial love? Oh, there he is. Hello, Barry. I said you had an announcement, but I, I looked up and you were, okay. Okay, great. In conclusion, no. Um, one lays down self-interest to practice generous love in service to others. Does that bother you, laying down self-interest? See, when we get to 2020, one of the things that, you know, everything in me says Self-interest is where it is. 
if I could just get my way. You know, we, we began our marriage. Charlotte wanted to go to some restaurant. I had to tell her, you know, that's not really good. Let's go here. Do you know, you know why I was concerned about where we were going to go? It wasn't because I was afraid of the impact of that place on her. It was self-interest. And here is this model of a person who says, you're going to find life by forgetting yourself. Oh, my. And right smack dab in front of us, flesh and blood Jesus gave himself. Look at the next one. Uh, sacrifice is love in action. It's generous giving, which reflects a decision to love. So all this talk of love in 1 John, it, this is not a feeling. This is not somebody's good heart. This is not uh, feeling sentimental about Highland or sentimental about people or whatever. It is a decision that you and I make to behave in certain ways Trusting that Jesus no, will go ahead. Well, there you go. Okay. Okay. You were exactly right, Reggie. Look at the bottom, if you would. Now, <clears throat> Charlotte kind of alluded to this a while ago. This is where it starts getting a little dicey <clears throat> for you and me as uh, just people trying to keep lives between the ditches. This challenge may come close to home. Number one. My own family. Could it be that toward a particular person in my family that I'm often lacking compassion, self-sacrifice, and caring? It is interesting that the example used in this chapter is family. It is Cain and Abel. And what I want to immediately say is, yeah, but we're not on the verge of murdering one another. It's not like that. It's not bad. It's just we're, we, we, we care about each other. We just can't stand each other. Um, my own spouse is that lacking, my lacking extravagant love and sacrificial love toward him or toward her. Sometimes, you know, as we start these new years, we may kind of, not you, of course, but it may, it may occur to some of us that we're sort of taking our spouses for granted, saying things to them we never would have said a few years ago or 20 years ago. And sometimes under this goofy joking, you know, where we passively aggressively say these nasty things and then say, well, I'm not responsible because I'm just joking. Well, we want to look at that and see, you know, is that really who we want to be? How about that third one? Our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to consider that diff particular difficult brother or sister. Um, I got some mad at this elder years ago. <clears throat> this was a church. Uh, first full-time work where we were was in eight, eight. Uh, we were at this church for eight years. And... <clears throat> Uh, had been there, you know, for a while and had one brother who would go to the mic and just drop these little bombs 
and just mess everywhere. You know, I'm just thinking, man, do you have to do this? And just this and that. And I just, I just found myself getting irritated. Y'all ever happened? That ever happened to you? Somebody in the church? Well, I'm a Christian sort of guy, so being a person that's irritated with him, I didn't go up to him. I didn't want to fight him. I didn't go up to him and cuss him out. I did, I, I did the Christian sort of thing. I'm being very sarcastic here. So what I would do, see, I'm, I'm preaching, 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 and I'd see him kind of back there, and he, he would sleep sometime, and you know, he'd work, shift work, and he'd sleep. Anyway, I'd see him. And, and do you know for the longest, when he was over there, I was over here. When he was here, over here, I was over there. We just never crossed paths. Did you know that? I mean, it's not like we were upset with one another, Charlie. It's just we just never crossed paths anymore. Well, who's playing games, right? Here, here's what happened. This, this really happened. I am preaching one day right in the middle of a good Christian sermon. And out of my mouth comes this business of not holding grudges and forgiving. And I look up at that guy and I'm thinking, oh, man. You know, there's, there's nothing like Jesus that'll mess up a good sermon. <laughs> and I got through that sermon. And I went up to him afterward and I apologized and told him I'd been so upset with him and angry with him and uh, I'd handled it all wrong. See, Jesus invites us to stop doing all that mess with our families and with our spouses and with folks in the church. Um, and again, the point is, I want you to, I want you to look at Jesus. Why don't we stop there? Is that, is that's enough, isn't it? Uh, Barry, we're going to have a meeting, aren't we? Now, I, I haven't said a word about this. This is the this is the annual meeting. Okay, who's on the board, Barry? Are you going to do that? Okay, so I, I'm going to sit down. He's going to explain it, uh, and it is. Uh, it's seven minutes before the hour. In, in all seriousness, if you need to get your kids, whatever, just do that. But there's Barry. Thank you.